Hey guys, Jake the Podcast Guy here, and welcome to Sunday Night Teacher Talk on Teacher Class Off Radio, where CJ Reynolds answers your questions live and in real time. You can participate in the show every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Real Rap with Reynolds YouTube channel. If you miss the live show, don't worry. Each episode is uploaded the following Monday to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also join our Facebook group to communicate with other educators from around the world. Now, on to the episode. Oh, there we are. We're on. Welcome. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong camera. You know, not that sounded so bougie. I'm looking at the wrong camera over here. We have so much technology going on. No, it's just I don't look at my I don't use my computer camera anymore. Anyway, everyone, I'm so glad that you're here. And as we get kicked off, there's a couple of things I want to talk about um, before we jump into your questions. But uh, if you've not been here before, this is Sunday Night Teacher Talk and it is really it is a it was started to help teachers to feel less nervous on Sundays uh, as they're getting ready for school, right? Maybe you don't have your lesson plans done yet. Maybe your school is uh, just, you know, I know like my daughter's school just gave them uh, the calendar, like teachers just got the calendar like the other day and they start like next week. So there could be a lot going on. What we're here to do is we are, to, what, what we did was we scratched our own itch. Right. We like we figured out a way that we were like, man, Sundays make our nerve wracking. How can we create a space for teachers to just show up and either get by by asking and, and receiving from someone or get by offering advice to someone and showing up in the comment section and caring for people? So for the first week ever, we're also on LinkedIn right now. Um, so if you're if you're streaming this, you can stream it wherever it's easier for you. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. LinkedIn. And then this also shows up as a podcast. If you go to anywhere that podcasts are, you can find Sunday Night Teacher Talk um, under the umbrella of Teacher Talk Radio is is what we're we're going with. But you can find us everywhere. So if whatever's easier for you, that's what we're here for. And so with that in mind, um, I've been thinking this week about inspiration and how I was listening to a podcast and I hear this every so often, like people really downplay inspiration. And I think there's a reason for that, that I get down with, but then there's other reasons that I'm like, no, inspiration is super important. Um, I think sometimes the be- the downside of inspiration is waiting for it to show up so that you can then do work. That's a terrible idea. I think the better move is to just to keep doing work and look for inspiration where you can find it. And so one of the places that I've been looking for um, inspiration lately is uh, if y'all don't follow Diddy, on Instagram, it is it, he's it's the best, dude. So I just watched his documentary uh, called "Can't Stop, Won't Stop" that came out. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Sean Combs, Puff Daddy, Diddy, Love, whatever he's going by at the moment, he created this. Um, he created uh, Bad Boy Records, and so they did a reunion tour, and it is everyone from the record label all together on the stage at once. And this is about the behind the scenes production. So that's how I kind of get into this to start following them on Instagram. And it's true. It's inspirational to me. And so when we do things, I think that are inspirational, when we use our outlets, we use social media to post things that are inspirational. I just think that that, you know, that inspiration comes from the word in spirit. So it's to be in the spirit of whatever that is, right? So like for me, that's in the spirit of um, of goodness, of joy and spreading that. So just a, a thought on that. And so we had a competition 
this last week, and we asked folks to go into our Facebook group and to post photos or videos of your classroom to help inspire other people, right? Not like we're flipping this, right? So typically you post stuff and you see people's posts and maybe this made you feel like crap. I don't really know, but a lot of times it makes you feel like crap because you're just like, man, I wish my room looked like this. But I think building classrooms are about the slow development, right? My classroom was built over years. Is there something in any of these pictures that you're like, I could do that? And so why recreate the wheel? If you look at someone's photo and you think they did a great job, then just go do it. One little thing to your classroom. And so we're going to talk, uh, we're going to go through a couple of questions and then we're going to um, say the names of everyone that won. We picked 10 winners and then there's an extra special winner in there too. And we'll explain why, but we're going to do that in a few minutes. Um, but you know, before that, oh, the last thing I wanted to say real quick before you jump in your questions with regards to like Diddy and the movie and all that stuff. Um, we have, I don't think we have a, do we have a thing? We don't have an overlay for this. It's cool. Mm -hmm. um, we do a newsletter every first uh, first week of the month that comes out. And this year's theme, this year's um, vision for the newsletter is joy, right? So like, how am I experiencing or experimenting or finding joy mentally, physically, and spiritually? This is the way that I'm kind of doing it this year. Um, so all you have to do is go right to our website, realwrapwithreynolds.com and you can sign up for the newsletter there. I'll prompt you as soon as you get on there. And that's a good way to just kind of like get a little bit of goodness in your email. There's so many horrible emails that you get. Just, we tried to just make a good one. That it is, we'll take you five minutes to read through and it's really simple and easy and just trying to, again, like sprinkle some magic on, on mm. some classrooms. Deliver some joy. That's in it. The inbox. Ready, wife? All right. All right. Our first com question is coming from Sarah. She says, do your kids sign a paper stating that they are OK with you taking and posting pics or videos of them? My kids want to start a social media platform for our class. So the the, the short answer is yes. Everyone you've ever seen in my classroom on YouTube, the kids that, whose pictures were in my book, um, the guys that are on the cover of my book. These are two students. This is uh, DJ Dirty Kev and Hugs. Um, they all had permission to be on that. And when I give that out, I send out a permission slip that says like, hey, uh, I have a YouTube channel. This is what it is. This is my subscriber count. I do monetize my channel. Although, you know, that's just a means. So an, like if we didn't have to do that, it would be great. But uh, but YouTube won't push your content if you don't monetize it. Right. So in, whatever. That's a whole other conversation. But um, so everyone does. And but to my knowledge, and this is something to check with your school about, if you start a social media platform and it's based on your school, right? Like you're not trying to be an influencer. You're just trying to put stuff out there, which I really highly suggest. Well, I don't think it's, it's for do. their class. I wonder if that's yeah. different. So it could be private. You could just keep it private. But most schools already have their kids sign like, a, hey, right. like if the news comes in, right. if we want to post things on our website, like parents can sign off on that already you might not have to double dip. So I would speak to an administrator and see if that's like something you have to do. Okay. Well, she got in here right away because she knows sometimes we don't get through all these questions. Oh, yeah. and she got number two oh, you, up Sarah, in here. Get in it. Sarah, very uh, teacher style of you. Uh, she's asking, my style and personality is a lot like yours. What's the difference between engaged learners and a chaotic classroom? How do you maintain your casual nature without them walking all over you? This is the question, right? This is question. This is why... People don't have classrooms like that because it's nerve wracking. It is 
I think it's, there's a lot of, look, if you do something exciting, kids are going to get excited. But excited can't be, isn't always quiet. Everyone's different, right? There are kids that like wake up on Christmas morning and come down the stairs like my son that are like, what? Ah! And then there's like my daughter who's like very happy, but like much more calm about the situation, right? And so when the kids are going to experience things differently. I think folks get nervous because we've been kind of trained as educators that everyone should be sitting in your room, quiet, hands folded, paying attention, uh, diligently working through stuff. And I just think it could look way more like a party. So I think you experiment with it, right? Don't let noise make you think that something bad is happening. You have to pay attention to the noise, right? This is a really, really good tip. Pay attention to the noise. Because how many times do we shut kids down for talking and then they're like, but I was just asking him for a pencil or I was doing this or I was doing that. Like we just assume there's madness. If your kid's laughing in the hallway, what's going on? Hey, let's get to class over here. Oh, because joy's not allowed in the hallway. Laughter is not allowed in the hallway. Silliness isn't allowed. In the so there's a difference. And I think that part of that difference and knowing how to deal with it comes from paying attention. The other thing is, having real conversations with your students about, look, I talk, tell my kids all the time, like school is incredibly boring. And for the most part, school is, is incredibly, incredibly boring. And so if it's boring, what are we going to do about it? I'm trying to have this class. It's dynamic. That's fun. That's interesting. That's exciting. That's engaging. But if it goes off the rails, we can't do this, right? Because I still need my job. And so it's having that conversation with your students. And then here's the last part. Can your students handle it? If they can't, they don't do it or they do a different version of it, like a scaled down version. Some of your classes are going to be able to do it and you'll have to like maybe help them shift or, or refocus or bring their attention back every once in a while. Some kids are just not going to be able to handle it. I had a class last year that like couldn't go do anything that was wild or wacky or fun because they would just do nuts stuff. Like there was a kid that, we were on this back staircase and there was a snake on the staircase. It was like this long is like this big. And <laughs> he lost his mind and picked up this giant like cinder block <gasps> no, 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 and no. threw it no! at the thing. Well, he misses oh, the snake, <laughs> but then the cinder block breaks off pieces of the step. The cinder block right. breaks. Kids get hit with pieces of rock. It's like, bro, now like we can't do this. And for the rest of the year, that class had to do a tamer version of everything but the other students, they, they'd see us outside. They're like, yo, I heard you went outside or I saw that you were that doing sucks. something. What are we doing today? And it's like, we can't do it, man. Because like y'all are like, you, you can't handle it. Yeah. So it's, but that, and that, that's not a bad thing. Like you're not punishing kids. What you're doing is, because look, I hate doing the whole class wins or loses at something. But um, at the same time, it is. Look, I, I, like I can't I can't do it if we can't do it. So it's like figuring out ways that what's going to be the most successful thing for your student. That's what I'm kind of getting at. All right. Our next question is coming from Jacob. He's asking, I'm teaching my own elective called comic book lit. Nice. Looking for a bell ringer idea to start class every day. I already do journals for my English classes, but I don't think that will work for this, too. Um, Got any ideas I, for comic books? 
This is a tough one. A creative, creative thinking no. on the spot is a tough one, I think. No, no, it's it's really it's paring it down and it becomes like it's better as a conversation. Right. So you what you want to do is start spitballing ideas. So yeah. I immediately think like, what are questions that would prompt you to think about comic books? So I'm thinking like if a kid takes an elective and it's a true elective, like they elected it, that means they already read comic books. So what is a plot twist that was like one of your favorite plot twists ever? What's a time that like you actually got emotional reading a comic book? Um, like I remember in, I think it was the killing joke with Batman. Uh, I think Robin dies in that. And I remember like as a kid, I was like, oh damn, like that was emotional or reading about um, the death of the the Punisher's family. When I used to read Punisher back in the day, like there were moments that I actually got emotional. Um, who's the most, who, what comic book character could possibly be real Aren't those the same as uh journals journal entries um is that the same as yeah, they're writing prompts so journal oh. entries i think more like have to do with you oh gotcha, but gotcha. um or it could be uh short bell ringers yeah they could be ringers. like quick i don't know what bell ringers are they could be quick <laughs> drawings they could be here's a bunch of play-doh and put like who's your um who would be like a great arch nemesis? Like who's a new arch nemesis? So Batman, I feel like is all in every movie is always fighting the same person. It's always the Riddler, the Penguin or Joker. Who's someone new that that they could fight against? Um, what character has the best symbol? Like make your character's favorite, like whatever their emblem oh, is yeah, on their chest. Right. So like that's a fun one. it's it's I think it's questions like that that are going to have you thinking what what character never had a TV show or a movie, but definitely should, um, you know, things like that what what i think questions are good but then it's answering them doesn't always have to be writing them it could be drawing them it could be sketching them it could be throw expo markers out to your kids and have them write that draw the emblem on their desk right an expo marker it's going to come right off um or any washable marker like it's doing i think stuff like that would be really would be really fun and baby you know we need to uh I couldn't find a glass, so I'm drinking out of the jar. <laughs> That's a sign to everybody in the world that, that we need to do dishes yeah. in our house. <laughs> or we're, the dog is being insane. Um, and yeah, and we just look like hippies or we're drinking moonshine. Go ahead. I'm going to moonshine it up. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that cute cup. All right. Sophia is uh, asking the next question. She says, any fun ideas for about the teacher slides? I don't know. You know. So um, if you're talking about like about the teacher, so like, uh, what are you doing? I, I like to share things with students um, that they wouldn't know otherwise and maybe wouldn't come up in conversation. So I love telling kids that like I play drums that um, uh, I used to do surfing. Now it's more like boogie boarding uh, older, <laughs> older adults and surfing so much. So uh, I love telling kids things about my life outside of school and what I like doing. But I think one of my favorite things is it always gets to get a kick off every year. I put a slide of my, of my freshman ID up. So I teach freshmen. So it's like, and I look miserable in it, but then it's like, we talk about pictures and we talk about IDs and we talk about who we're going to become. And man, like that I know in ninth grade, that I'd be a teacher. No, ever, ever, ever. Like my life as it exists right now, I would have never, ever, ever have dreamed that this was what my life was going to look like. So um, so I think it's letting kids in on a little bit of that, but then a little bit of your history, too. And so, like, when you say you grew up somewhere, like, do you have a picture of it? When you say 
that you were, you know, you graduated high school in whatever year, like, do you have a picture of it? And I, I just think that kind of thing gives a little bit of insight into kids and helps them see that, like, if you're willing to be vulnerable, they might be willing to be vulnerable also. So whatever your weird thing is, if you LARP, if you do D&D, if you're in a band, if you are a street performer on the weekends, if you do graffiti art, if you like garden, if you paint, like share a little bit of that with your kids. I think it's fun. All right. The next question is coming from Summer. She's asking, how do you get through to a kid that refuses to do anything? I've called home to ask mom for tips, but she says she has no clue. But this has been um, every year for four years. Defiant equals understatement. So Ugh. this is a great question. Summer, I really I think the. These sort of situations. I wonder what grade. To, yeah, I wonder what grade too, but my answer would be the same and mm -hmm. I, it would I think it's even better if they're older mm, yeah. because there's more because you're only teaching one class with that student in it. I would I'd pull the team together. I'd get the A team together and be like, yo, like next staff meeting, next grade level meeting. Um, we have to we have to discuss this because Tom is out of pocket right now. He's being defiant. He won't do anything. We need to circle around this kid so that they know that we're serious and that we're really making taking steps to do the right thing. And, you know, I, I think that that initially becomes a thing that like kids don't like all that attention. They don't like that. You're talking about them. They don't want, they might not even want the help. Um, and then there's two decisions there. You're either going to wear them down with love, which is, I do is a regular occurrence and like how I think about things, like how am I going to wear someone down with love? And then there are going to be people that, have more going on and this isn't the time and you're not the people to do this, right? We can't, we can't get through to every single kid, but can we put up, a, a, can we create something that is going to be like, no, we have thought about this. We care about you. We as a team, we're all going to sit down with you and the way things are going just can't go this way. You need to know that we care about you deeply and your success is our number one thing that we are working on here. And then that's I think that that's a good move because then everyone's playing a part. And then at every meeting you're catching up and you're talking to parents and administration is involved and the social workers involved. And can we get this kid help? Like, do they need therapy? Do they need something more than this? Is there a lack at home? Like what's going on that we're going to do a deep dive? But then the other thing, Summer, is that you can't give that student any more attention than anyone else. So it's in class. You're they're getting the same amount of attention because you don't want to take Someone needing more means someone else is getting less. Now, some kids don't need as much of attention, but there are always what I find the kids that suffer when we do this, when we pour into students that either are are um, defiant in class or kids that are awesome in class. There's this middle kid that always gets left behind. So it's making sure we're not forgetting those students as well. Um, she said that the student was eighth grade, eighth grade. Yeah. yeah. And that's a great grade to do this for, because then you're setting them up. And for for strong uh, experience in high school, and then you let them know that, uh, look, anyone that's followed me for any length of time knows that I don't do relationships for the year. I do relationships for life. Like there are kids I still keep up with, kids that stop by the house, kids that DM me constantly, kids that email me, kids that do phone calls with me to talk about business, talk about life, talk about all kinds of stuff. We're doing relationships for life. And when we think about it that way, 
then that student is this isn't just a year and then I'm not going to hear from you anymore. I'm going to keep up with you. I'm going to send you an email or text or ask your teachers like it's it is ongoing forever. So and I just think that that helps because then it's not you're just going to leave like everyone else kind of a thing. So if right. they have abandonment issues, you're you're helping with that. All right. Our next question is coming from Ryan it says first day of school tomorrow and I have been teaching for 12 years, yet I still get uncontrollable Sunday scaries. How does everyone conquer those scaries? So one, Ryan, you show up to Sunday teacher talk. That's because I and here's why I think that's important. We're getting in front of it. We're running towards it instead of just being like, I don't know, like drinking too much or, or doing something that you're that is not healthy. proactive <laughs> or healthy. Right. You are literally stepping into the space and getting in front of it. Um, you know, for me, worrying about anything comes down to one, remembering what's the worst case scenario. So literally sitting and thinking about this, like I, I, I meditate on it so that because I want to envision it, I want to feel it and feel like what is the worst thing that could happen and really going there because usually the worst thing that could happen is like going into a scary, dark basement. I don't know what's down there, right? So go down, turn the frigging lights on, look around, explore, like see what's going on. And I, you know, most of the time when I do that, I realize that it's just not as scary as I thought because now I faced the demon. Now I faced the the monster in the closet and that helps. The other thing is to me, it's, it's, you know, this term mindset is used so much. Like, I know the dog is being so <laughs> extra. He's going through the curtains and pulling them out and go, he's all over the place. Oh, he's going line. through a lot. He's getting he's another set of allergy testing. Yeah. And he's a mess anyway. He is. But that's that's on our that's other podcast. I uh, swear, we have too many things going on and I don't think people would even believe all the things. They're not none of it's small stuff. It's no. all big. Sorry, that's, that's another anyway. Um, you are absolutely crazy. Right. Are you cutting me off again? No, I know. Sorry. So <laughs> the other thing is it's mindset, right? And mindset gets thrown around a lot, but it's true that if you are in the frame of mind that you're excited. So I'll tell you, one of the things I do is I, so I'm a religious dude, but like you can do this even if you're not religious. Um, I just pray out loud. My wife and I just pray like we just like pray out loud and talk to God out loud. Right. And so even if you're not doing this, it's like I'm not scared. I'm not being scared. I'm not being scared for tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be incredible because I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And I stop myself. I literally shut down the thinking about the kids in class that are problematic. And instead, I turn it up and think about the kids that like, oh, man, Miles is going to be there tomorrow and. Danzler's going to be there tomorrow and Kev's going to be there tomorrow. And we're going to talk about this and like, oh, and then I try to think about funny. How can I surprise and delight tomorrow, even in very small ways? Can I bring someone um, like a gift? Can I bring them a cup of coffee? Can I bring them? Uh, can I put them onto something that I watched this weekend or saw this weekend? So I did this the other night, every Wednesday, um, I hang up or hang out with my buddy that owns uh, McCusker's Tavern in South Philadelphia. I've said this before, best best bar in South Philly. So he really loves the Grateful Dead. And I found this Grateful Dead like action figure. I was at a store and I don't know, it was 20 bucks or something like that. I pick it up for him. And then I go show up at the bar and I said, hey, man, I saw this. I was just out and I, and I grabbed it for you. And his face, you would have thought I gave that guy like 200 bucks, like as a tip. He was just so grateful, kept talking about it. Now it's like hanging up in the bar on the wall. And 
that, you know, I think that just showing when you go from being scared to, no, I'm excited, I'm going to rev myself up and then I'm going to think about ways that I'm going to like face that fear by contributing tomorrow. How can I contribute and surprise and delight people? That changes your mindset. You texting over there. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to message. Oh, I'm oh I see what you're doing. Say it. Do, uh, I think right. it's do you want to do that for a second? I'm going to do these winners. Oh, go ahead. All right, cool. All right. So let's do these winners. So these are folks that were that posted pictures in our Facebook group teacher Sunday night teacher or no. Oh, my gosh. Everything is such a version of itself. Real rap. <laughs> Real Rap with Reynolds teacher talk? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Is that what our Facebook's called? <laughs> I don't even know. So they were on our Facebook group. Can you get rid of that question, please? Um, and they posted pictures or videos of their classroom, right? So there were a lot of them. We cannot possibly give everyone a gift. But we're giving giving 10 small gifts away. It's just like something little. You're going to get it in the mail. Help you start off your school year. Show you that we love you and care for you. This is not sponsored or anything. This is just from us. Um so the so first we were going to do honorable mentions, right? These are people that did a great job, right? But then we just can't we just can't give it to everyone, right? I just think go look at like when we yeah. talked about inspiration, you you got away from your beginning. It was supposed to go back to when you talked about inspiration. That's, the why, you're here. That's why you're here as my helper, co-host. Your co-host, co-host helper uh, was to be inspired by all the classrooms, no matter if they're all at different stages, different levels, different you different variables there's a million different variables yeah. that come to like different decorating. abilities to do yeah. something some there's like can do a stuff. million different variables so really it's about like we pick 10 who are just that we're crushing it but all of them are crushing it and so we encourage you to go look in the group if you're in the facebook group just use the hashtag on in the search bar sprinkle magic and you'll get all the posts that were related to this because yeah. we picked everybody that used the sprinkle magic um hashtag but they're all great. So these are some honorable mentions and then the top 10 that we picked. Yes. All right. So honorable mentions are first, uh, my guy, Josh Prater, honorable mention. Second was, am I, correct me if I say any of these. You, you all know that I can't say people's names right anyway. But, um, Beth Perry Burgess, Maisha Hutchinson, my buddy. Um, uh, so let me do these other two first and I'll name this other one. Um, is it Jean Mitch Mitchum? Is that how you wrote Jeanin it? Or Jeannie Jeannie? I think it's I think it's Jean. I don't know. Correct us if we're wrong. I I we think we say that name wrong all the time. Um and Nathan Alexander are all honorable mention. Other honorable mention, though, that I think is most improved in the shortest turnaround, Tracy Pinter, honorable mention, but Two days to set up her classroom? Yeah, she had like no time and she had to go in and clear out. Someone left all of their stuff. Classic. Um, and then she so she had to clear out somebody's old classroom and then set up hers in like two days. I don't think we understand the amazingness that is that is Tracy Pinter. That Agreed. Chick, she packs it in. She's crazy. I don't know how she does everything that she does. All right. So winners. And these folks, we will post it in the group. We'll go to I'll your comment post, on your post. Comment on and then so you can send us your uh name and address so we can mail something uh, nice to you is number one. These are no particular order, right? Yeah. There's not like first place or anything like that. Uh, Jordan George is a winner. Amy Cribs, you won as well. Scott Stables. I'm going to totally ruin this name. Sarah Gorsuch. Am I saying that right? 
All right, well, you'll get the winner thing, and we'll put it on there anyway. Uh, oh, man. Brittany Galbreath, I think I'm saying that right. It's also, this is me trying to uh, decipher my wife's handwriting. Uh, what is this? Is it Megan Dean? I think so. Sorry. Okay, I think, I think Megan Dean, Jeff Carr, Brittany Green, uh, Andy Lindsay, and Jessica Joy Small, all are winners. Those t- 10 people are winners. We're going to send you something uh, in uh, in the mail to just kick off your year with a Congrats little bit of, on your, a little uh, bit of magic. Congrats yeah. on your awesome classrooms. Like, now, they're all fantastic. I, I think, now this person didn't win, but it's worth mentioning. This is the best weird post was Eric Peter. What was what was the thing in his classroom that we just thought was like? Oh, Sir Lance a lot. Oh, you could just go oh, see Sir, Sir Lance. Lamp a lot. Oh, no, yeah, wasn't no, that no. what it was? Yeah, but he had a crown on. He like, decorated he a lamp to look lamp like a, a person, Sorry. and it was freaking hilarious. And we both like literally laughed out loud. <laughs> and then look, I got one more. I'm we're sh- shooting another one in there, and now I'm going to tell you what this gift is. So, most improved classroom, Frank, Joseph had a classroom that was a storage facility for five years. Then my man turned it into a functioning classroom. And so, Frank, we want to gift you with, um, we're going to send you a $50 gift card to get something for your classroom, right? So that you go on Facebook. Marketplace is a great place. Thrift stores are a great place for you to start doing stuff. It's expensive, but he said he wants to print out some posters and stuff like that. So we want to just honor you and help you towards your classroom because, man, it's a tough enough being a first year teacher but i think he said first year teacher and he got a room that was a storage unit for five years so he had to clean out <laughs> i can't even I imagine that. so the fact that you even pulled together a basic classroom yes. a safe environment for your students you win like let yeah. us share some some sort of uh so, way to help you to, grow your classroom to that point i want to say this um i just got put onto this because my daughter is like super into etsy uh so i went on etsy and i was looking for stuff for my office because we want to redo this back while i've been wanting to do it for like two months and i just haven't had the time because i'm doing other stuff um so i found this digital download that i loved a philly let me see if i can get it without the uh light ring being in it it's right there that's you dust. so i loved this and then i just bought it like a um cheap a frame, frame cheap frame from target um but it was a digital download so it was five dollars so if you go on Etsy and you look for something that's a digital download, it's $5, but I can't print it at my house. So I just send it to my local Walgreens. Then that was like 12 bucks. But then I go in and for an 11 by 14 poster, it was $12. You just type in Google uh, Walgreens poster promo code or something like that, coupon code. They always have them. So I got it for like $6. So I paid $5 for the digital download. That was six bucks to print it. So for $11, I have this really great picture for my room and so if you are trying to think of stuff this i'm not affiliated with walgreens or etsy or any of that stuff i just thought that that was a really great fun way to spruce up your room on a budget yeah i think people don't for i think you shop only at the typical places for teachers yeah it's like lakeshore and all the regular stuff but all of us secondary teachers know lakeshore doesn't have anything for us no they really don't so i think using etsy is a is a really awesome yeah yeah. I wish we would have used it uh, before. I know. I don't think, I think it well, took a minute. our daughter wasn't on it yet. I know. But, all right, ready? All right, another question. Hit it, wife. Next question is coming from Andrew. What could we do for students who lack motivation to finish and complete homework assignments? Andrew, kids that don't complete work 
or homework assignments don't believe that that stuff is actually important or that's actually going to get them anywhere. And so what you have to do is draw the line from where you are to where you want to be and then show them how that homework is going to actually help them. And if you can't explain that, then it's really rethinking the homework. So what is the skill? So and, and look, I'm not saying that you do this, but I know that I have done this any number of times where I look back at homework I used to give and I'm like, this was just I was just given homework so I could give homework because I was supposed to give homework. And now I just don't ever give homework. And that's for a whole bunch of reasons but that I won't bother going into at the moment. But um, am I I'm not anti homework necessarily, but it is, you know, why am I giving what I'm giving and how is this work homework or classwork going to help you get to where you are so I can explain why for every single thing that I teach. Um, and that helps build like, so right. Like building student engagement, this is going to come up in an upcoming workshop and I'll talk about those in a second, but, um, this idea of student engagement, isn't just about making things fun. It's about, it's about making kids want to engage. And I think there's other ways to do that other than just making something super fun. Um, so that's kind of how I would think around, around that. <clears throat> you might want to connect with that student too, and see like, what else is going on? What has them thinking these sort of like limiting beliefs or these beliefs that like this isn't important or school's not important or I don't have to do this or I'll still pass without it? Like what is what's going on in their head? Help them unpack some of that stuff. See if you can breathe any truth into that and then uh, and then make that connection from here's where we are. Here's what we're doing. What do you want in your life? How do you want your life to look? Not just what do you want to do for a job? What kind of life do you want to live? Do you want to work? nine to five? Do you want to own your own business? Do you want to, um, whatever it is, whatever it is. And then here's how, what we're doing is going to connect to that. Cause most students think, well, I'm going to be a musician. What the hell do I need algebra for? Be able to sell them on it. And so that's, that's how I do it. Awesome. Our next question is coming from Nathan. Ideas for class starters instead of jumping straight into the lesson. I'm a high school teacher for freshmen and sophomores. You know, I I think a lot of this, Nathan, is it's I mean, I love journal entries because it allows me to get kids to write and share their story and comment on things happening in the world. Other ways I've started before, though, were just either. Um, so I, I like I'll say this. I like something consistent to start the class with because I it, it kids fall into that pattern and then there's a rhythm and then you can do anything you want after that rhythm. But like the the logic behind doing a journal entry when kids come in is they come in, they know where the paper is, they know what they have to do, they know what they have to answer, they know how long they have to do it, the timer's on the board. It allows me to meet with anyone I have to meet with, to take attendance, to put input the attendance into the computer. So I'm building in a buffer for myself and for the students at the beginning of class to get things situated. And then we can jump off into crazy town after that. But um, but to start, I have done things in the past What that leads to doing different things to me. Right. Someone else might find success in doing what they're doing. And I, I'd love to see anyone talk about this in the chat. To me, it's building in that rhythm that the beginning is always the same. And so then, like I said, if you want to go to cloud cuckoo land after that, you can. But starting off class with I used to do things like I'd have a sign on my door. That was like, uh, go to the dining hall, um, exit the front of the school and, and meet me on the steps. 
Um, I'd have something going on like that. I'd have like a small scavenger hunt that would happen. I'd have Play-Doh on kids' desks and what they were doing in the beginning of class had something to do with that. Um, You know, it was, there's all kinds of different stuff or it's just like, hey, look, before we get started today, I'm just really curious, did anyone see this thing that happened in the news or that happened in the neighborhood or that, you know, did you notice that they're building a lot of new buildings This happened in West and we talked about this a lot last year, how they're like, it's being completely gentrified. And then talking about gentrification on making sure that kids understand what gentrification is. Is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? Is the neighborhood getting better? Like what could the negative side of this be? It's it's engaging kids in conversation uh, like they're adults. And I think especially when we're dealing with, you know, uh, secondary ed students, it's really helping them to understand that, no, you're a part of the world now. So, like, let's practice talking about the world and and looking at things and learning how to have a creative conversation. But that's some of the other ways I've started class as well. Oh, I just want to note that Nathan's a first year teacher and he has I love his classroom because he has the um, the prison mic poster, the office. Oh, that was the um, one. And the bulletin board. I loved that. I yeah. thought that was fantastic. It was freaking, that was hilarious. And I. <laughs> Way to be creative. It is creative. And you know what? It's it's. To me, I think I see I like a lot that of schools. It's his personality and fun, but it's kind of edgy yeah. too, and I love that because it's like a oh tongue. I love when students are like, "You can do that. You can get away with that," and I'm just like, "Bro, come on, you already <laughs> know." Uh, I just thought that that was. I think it will create a lot of buzz. It will create. It will make kids want to read it, want yeah. to do things for it. Tell other yeah. people. You're gonna have people peeking in your room and looking at it. I love that kind yeah. of stuff. It, it makes school fun. It does. I agree. All right. Carol Meadows is asking. She's up next. She's saying, how do you self-advocate for better working conditions going into week three? And I am unhappy. I am doing more work than other core teachers in my grade seventh and they have curriculum. I don't. This is a this is a really important question. I, You know, <clears throat> when we don't hear. I'm going to try and make this concise. Right. I can go on about this. Get and out. You can go on about it. I can go on you about can this. Go on about topics. We just had this conversation the other day. <laughs> Last year, we had an issue where the principal gets up in front of the school and said something to the effect of like, we're going to do a, basically a reset on hallways and how they're being run. We had tons of kids like getting in fights in the hallway. There were play fights. And the problem with play fights is they turn in the real fights. They... When the school redid the school, they used really thin drywall. So whenever kids play fight and they run into the wall, there's giant holes. There were, I feel like the maintenance guy told me that between March, between the time that the principal said that and the end of the year, they fixed something like 78 holes in walls, 78 holes. And so the hallways were, there were rarely teachers out there. It was just madness. It was madness. At any given time in between classes, after the bell rang, you could find our school's not that big. We have less than 500 students we had in, in West Philly. There would be 50 kids in any given hallway, just running around, screaming, yelling, jumping off the walls. Like it was crazy town. And so he said, we're going to do a reset. And so they told us some of the things that they were going to do. And I remember we were in a meeting. My friends and I at school had already talked about this, me and my colleagues. And so I raised my hand and said, well, you know, I hear what we're saying, but how is this going to work? Like, what are we actually going to implement in the hallways that's going to create a reset? So we're going to do some things. We have some ideas of things that are going to reset the hallways, that um, we won't have problems with students. Kids are going to be getting to class 
um, and y'all won't have to deal with like the the noise and the madness. That sounds awesome. So I'm just real curious, like what are some of those ideas that y'all are thinking about that are going to help us um, to reset the hallways? Well, you know, we don't really want to talk about it yet, but we have some ideas on some ways that we're going to reset the hallways and we're going to help students get to class and won't have to, you know, y'all won't have to deal with. And it's like they kept saying the same thing. And so a week later, it was we have this weekly staff meeting. I go to the weekly staff meeting and I they say what they what they did this week and how it changed. I said, no, but nothing changed. Like the hallways were literally exactly the same as they've always. Been. I think the Demogorgon is coming. It's this, this <laughs> going nuts. Um, it was standing up in the staff meeting and saying something. Now, here's here's my issue. Right. And I everyone I work with has heard me say this. So I don't care if anyone's on here and they hear me say this. When I tell you that I was the only person that stood up and asked repeatedly what we were doing to fix this, how we were going to make this safer for kids and better for teachers, it was crickets. No one else said anything. Now, a lot of my really strong advocate friends have have left the school by, by that point. But it was to me, it's going into staff meetings, it's understanding where everyone else is. And then what are we as a group of teachers going to say and do about this? Because there's no way that you're the only person that has no curriculum. Now, you might be one of the only people, but it is finding the other people that don't have curriculum, identifying the problem, identifying how this is a problem for students, right? Because I find that even though we are, teachers are important, um, the thing that really gets wheels moving is making it a student issue. And so here's where we're at. This is why it's a problem. This is why it's a problem for students and that, that they are getting a, a lack of, of instructional time or quality or whatever it is. And then here are our proposed solutions. So being able to name it, to put it out there in a real world sense, and then how we think we could do better with this, that's going to move forward. But then it's following up. It is being relentless. And so when I want something done, when I want something fixed, when I want something moved, when I want something taken out of my classroom or whatever, I just don't stop. The squeaky wheel really does get the oil. And so, but you have to do that as a community of, of folks. The other thing, if you are on your own is look, there is no denying that people treat you the way you teach them to treat you. There are ways that people have been dealt with in my experience in the past. And even me, like what before, like I really kind of moved into my knowing and, and, and knew what I was about and what I was doing that some teachers get talk to a different way. You see how admin treat certain teachers, but they don't treat everyone like that. Why? Because my guess is that most of the time, those folks that are getting treated better taught that person how to treat them. They don't take no nonsense. They're not listening to them, uh, to them talk like no, no one's ever going to move. My, no one ever moved my classroom because there's just not no way I was going to do it. Like, it, but like, and this is this doesn't have to just be mean, right? I had a friend Witter uh, who's the head of my curriculum, and he would be like, "Art Reynolds, we need to start implementing this, or you're going to do this, or here's this initiative this year." And I would tell him all the time, "Like, Witter, I'm not doing that." And he would go, oh, "Reynolds, like this is literally our comment. Reynolds, come on, why do you have to make everything so difficult for me?" Witter, I see what you're doing, and I think it's a really great job. But that's an enormous amount of work. And I'm telling you right now that you're not going to check it at the end of the year. So one year we had to make this portfolio. Long story short, I didn't do the portfolio. Everyone else did it. 
When I tell you they didn't check the portfolio at the end of the year, it fell by the wayside and everyone that put all this time and energy and sweat and tears into this thing and I didn't do any of it. I was just walking around like, you know, no cares. I didn't do it and everyone got so mad at me but i'm like i told you i told you this is how this is going to play out i think out. i remember winter wouldn't even hear like a i told you so kind no, of a thing he, he did so. when we went out for drinks like, like a later. year later and he wasn't even working at the school anymore i'm like i just want to say i told you <laughs> and he was like shut up Reynolds, shut up <laughs> you're terrible so i think it's it's getting together with your team and then getting real clear on what your issue is how you think you can solve it and how it's bothering how this is going to be better for students that's the first really good step. And if you if that doesn't work or if you try that and you need help, just let me know and I'd be happy to help you out with some of that stuff. All right. Um, Amy Cribs is next. And this is a multi-parter. I don't know how many. Let's We're do it. Keep going. All right. She says, grading debate. I experienced my first weighted grading in college with math methods teacher rocking the grades in her room and then had a personal issue come up and... I didn't do a great job on a test. It tanked me for the rest of the year. I couldn't pass with higher than a C. Your thoughts? Can you go back to that first part one more time, please? Can, oh, I thought you were going to read it for me. Oh, I'm sorry. Grading I can't debate. read. Grading debate. I experienced my first weighted grading in college with, with math. With math methods teacher rocking the grades in her room and then had a personal issue come up. Yeah. And I didn't right. do a great job on Got it, it on a test here. So I don't think weighted grades are a good idea. Um, and here's why. And look, I, this is for my students. I think that there's what, like I say in the book, right? There's no silver bullet in education. There's going to be some things that work for your school, for your students. Um, if your students came up with weighted grades and they understand that, great. What we found, though, is that we are a small charter school in West Philadelphia. That our students, um, many of them had, did not historically have a good educational experience. And so they come to our school from all these different schools, all these different neighborhoods, all these different experiences. And then to have weighted grades on top of that, when not everyone was used to that, it really made it difficult. So weighted grades for those of you that are like, wait, what is he talking about? It's assigning um, percentage values to certain areas of of your that of things that give you a grading class, right? So you're saying like tests are 30%, where quizzes might be 20%, homework might be 10%, or participation might be 20%. And then that all equals 100. But then what happens is kids are doing a ton of participation, they're doing homework, but that's only equating for about 30% of their grade. You then get a test and you bomb it because you a personal issue, you don't test particularly well, whatever. And that grade crushes you all of a sudden. Then when you have certain teachers that don't give enough tests to balance that back out, you now face this crushing defeat and now your grade is terrible and you can't get around it. So then what do we do with that? What are you saying? Part what? three. Part three, I vowed oh, to oh. not weigh my grades and do points instead. My current co-workers are split, but we can grade our way at this time. Here's why points work. Kids understand points. Teaching all boys, all of my, I'd say 98% of my students are sports fans, right? So things make sense when you're playing points. You make a basket, you get a point, right? Some baskets are worth more points, right? So everything I do is is 
homework is no more or less. It just depends on how many questions or how many tasks you're being asked to create. Projects are worth more because they take more time um, and there's a larger point value on them. To me, it just makes more sense to students and weighted grades don't make as much sense, especially when schools don't give you like, if your school maps it out for you and they're like, all right, their students are going to have this many tests, this many quizzes, this many homework assignments, this many regular assignments. So on the front end, kids can see all that. That's a little bit of a different conversation. I just think point values make more sense to students and it's more equitable. Um, it also allows kids that like, if they do terrible in the beginning of the quarter and they had stuff going on or they had limiting beliefs or whatever, they can bring it back up. But the, if you wait it and they fail two tests, yeah, now you're screwed. Really terrible There's no room the for redemption. Right. All right. Our next question is coming from Ryan. He's asking, what are some fresh and not lame icebreaker games to build classroom community? Oh, man. I think this is the wrong question for you. This is the wrong question for me, <laughs> You're the wrong guy for this question. Because I don't do icebreakers. Uh, but I, isn't this why... Let me ask you this. Is this why you developed your like uh, life odyssey thing or life map or whatever you call it? That thing that you came up with that you had kids do? Part of it. I just... It's not... It's just not my personality. Like, even when we do them in staff meetings, I'm like... No, um, I know. You, like, don't it's, participate. It's not... It's just not my... It's not my personality, right? I, I I love having fun and doing weird stuff and being silly and goofy and all that. Yeah. Um, it's the same reason. I don't know. I don't like board games either, right? You know this. Like, everyone always wants me to play a board game with them. They're like, oh, come over to our house for... We're doing board games. And it was, people will go, why, what are you guys doing Friday night? Nothing. Why don't you come over and play a board game? I think I, you know what? Maybe we do have something to do Friday night. Literally, <laughs> I'm going food shopping. I now. love board games. I know. It's like such a debate between the two of us. Like, so, oh, come on. You always just have a good time jam. when you do them. But I, you know, to that end, I think that you could, there's got to be people in here that have them. Or I would really consider going to our is. Facebook group, uh, going to the Facebook group. And drop that question and you're going to get a ton of answers from people. I hope so. That's the beauty of this too, right? Can we just note this real quick? This isn't all about us. This isn't about how great we are, how we have the answer for everything. But sometimes it's sharing that with the group because the group is doing incredible stuff too. And I just think that that's super Well, fun. because everybody's uh, ordinary and someone else is extraordinary. Oh. Oh, look at me. Do you quote me? <laughs> yes. let's go to the next question did we answer that um okay michael wilson is asking i have one class that is small around 11 kids my normal size classes are on lock and going great but that small class is just squirrely classroom management hacks for group that size yeah, isn't it fun i find this too that like sometimes my smaller classes it's like oh my gosh well, they require more direct attention. That's why I think homeschool is hard. Like, no, it's like herding it's, kittens. It's somewhat hard, but it's somewhat easy, obviously, homeschool. But like it requires like such more. There's a social pressure direct in those attention. larger classes where you're you you fall in line because there's a lot of people here. Yeah. Uh, I really think, Michael, the way I've handled this, and I've talked about this a million times before, and this is going to come up in an upcoming workshop, is that um, is timing sections of what you're doing right getting kids to do stuff is not saying all right everyone all right we gotta start this hurry up come on you're gonna run out of time you're gonna run out guys you're not you're not doing what i need you to do you only have a couple minutes left nope i have a timer on the board that lets you know exactly how many more minutes you have left and then when we move on i'm collecting that and it's game over so now you're building in that engagement piece because kids know that you don't have forever to do this and you're timing it. And I just think that, that I've had such a great return on investment. I know I talk about that idea a lot. 
but it really helps. All right. I think real quick, so. I think Friday reflections are a good way to do this too, where you have students look at their grades every Friday. They fill out a really brief form on like, here's what I missed this week. Here's what I handed in. This is my grades that I got on the things I did hand in. Here's my current grade in class. Now, if they're not passing they have to take it home, get it signed by a parent or guardian. If they are passing, then you're good. And I've done that too. I've even done where if kids have an A at the end of the week, uh, I've had them not take a quiz or or an assessment or something else. It's like, hey, if you have an A by the end of the week, you don't even have to take the vocab quiz. Because I know, because you've been, I saw you doing all the review all week. I saw you practicing all week. Like, you're good. You're, you have an A. Amen. Awesome. I don't really say amen, but I don't know where that <laughs> came from. Go ahead. Um, Oh, yeah, it's up there. OK, so Summer Smith is asking, this is my first year teaching. I teach sixth grade. I have a class full of high flyers. They have trouble not interrupting the lesson or talking. How can I help this group? This is a great question. First, that's a really great profile picture, too. Summer. I haven't I haven't had uh, I haven't commented on anyone's profile picture in a while. And I always just think that they look. I don't I just appreciate a nice photo. Anyway. <laughs> My guess, right? So there's a little bit of speculation I have to do here on the front end is that you're teaching sixth grade. Uh, kids that are high flyers probably have not been served well by the educational institution that they're in or have been a part of for the last however many years that they've been in school. So I think all students want to do well. One, students don't know why they have to do what they're doing. Two, this hasn't worked out for me before. So why the hell is this year going to be any different when I haven't found success before now? Undiagnosed um, like learning uh, differences or, or or something of that nature. So like finding out that a student has processing issue, finding out that a student is, um, you know, especially if you're super high functioning autistic, uh, that doesn't always present and it, it can fly under the radar. Uh, things like being dyslexic, being just dis having dyscalculia. Those are things that like if they are not being addressed, your student is not going to find success. So now I don't care. So what am I going to do instead is cause a problem. And so, you know, undiagnosed ADHD and then a student comes to class and they have a really hard time paying attention. And what the hell are we doing all the time? This is what, you know, it's what my son. It's like when there's too much stimuli and the ADD is just like, what am I focusing on right now? So I think it's really one, it's, you know, I, I talk about this a lot too, where like send an email home and ask parents three questions. How, how is your child, what class or teacher has your child had the most success with in the past? What class, not teacher, what class has your child not had the most success in? And then what are good ways to help your student refocus or, um, or yeah, like, how can I get their attention back? Like what are ways that have worked and what are ways that don't work? Some kids I have, I, there's a student I have in mind, Aaron, um, Aaron graduated already, but like Aaron McFadden, uh, if I yelled at him, he just like, you could see like he had wild ADHD. He didn't like taking his meds cause it would make him depressed. And he had a bunch of other issues. So I would yell at Aaron, uh, not meanly just loud. And I, cause I read this article where that lights up the kids, prefrontal cortex they like that they get like a, like a dopamine hit from it and so yelling aaron was how i dealt with aaron all the time other kids i'd never yell at them i know i'm going to lose them forever they're never going to talk to me again if i yell at them so it's learning from their parents or guardians how 
is the best way to deal with their particular student. And then I think it's I think it's sitting back with kids sometimes and going, yo, look, yo, this isn't going to work like this is a hot mess of disaster. Y'all need to know a couple things here. One, your success is the only thing I care about as your teacher. I want school to be awesome. And I realize that school may not have been awesome up until now. School, a lot of the time, sucks. It's super boring. But I want to make it the greatest year you've ever had. I want this to be your favorite class you have ever had in your life. And so how can we do that? What have you done before that you loved? And what have teachers made you do before that sucks? Have them write those things down and then try and come up with See if you can note some of those things and how you can make this better this year. And then tell them, here's what we've done. So you can't come into my literature class and be like, I don't like reading. Well, I don't care. It's not that you don't like reading, but it's like, can we find you a different way? What if we, what if you read using a Kindle? What if you use some sort of text to speech um, piece of technology that's going to help you out? What if I got you a book that you liked? What if you're reading graphic novels, right? So you're trying to find an area of like how, where can we move and shift this to? So you're going to find success in what you're doing and then letting kids know the changes you're making. Don't just assume they're going to see them make like, all right, here's, I'm so glad we had that conversation the other day. Here are the top 10 things I took away from that. And here's how I'm going to implement your ideas into this school year. So we have an awesome year this year. And that is giving students a voice. It's giving them agency in the classroom. It is giving them an opportunity to feel feel seen, feel heard. And then you can't do everything and you can't make school go away, but like a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. And I think those few things are gonna put you in, at least on the path to start finding a lot of success in the classroom. And look, Summer, if you need anything else, like the Facebook group is a really great resource. This is a really great resource. Um, so show up and ask that you can even ask questions and say like in this for anyone in the, in the comment section, yo, any other first grade teachers out there, I have, this is my question and see what people are going to answer you back. That's what they do. Um, and you can also sign up for mentoring. We have it on our website as well. It's something I don't talk about very often, but we do one-on-one mentoring. You can go to the website and find out prices and stuff for that kind of thing. All right. Miss L is asking, is it possible to teach from a neutral place versus get versus getting emotionally, personally involved with so much people oriented work, students slash admins slash teachers? It's not easy to be neutral. Let me see. I think. Look, there's multiple ways you could take that. And it's like which is. one, which direction is. And so meeting. I'm trying to think of I'm thinking actual me versus best me. So actual me, I, I really, I, you know, uh, Kevin Hart's book, I forget which one it was. It's, it's on audible only though. And he talks about creating this bubble around yourself of joy that no one's allowed to penetrate. And he literally walks around, he says, thinking he has this bubble and when people say things and do things that he doesn't like, it just bounces off of it. Like you can't touch me. There's a level of that. For me, though, that only goes so far that I can be super optimistic. I can be filled with joy and I'm going into my day and I'm doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. But there are times when it's what happens with me is like, you know, you can't find your shoe before you leave the house. Don't like the car needs gas before I go. I need bridge toll to get into Philly. I need 
Um, then I get to school and then this thing happened and this thing happened. And there's this like wearing down effect that I have and un left unchecked, it can wear me down. And then I just become a version of myself that I don't want to be where I'm shorter with students, where I'm snippy, where I am sarcastic and not in a good way when um, I take things out on people that I shouldn't take out on them. And so there's there's that part of you. Right. So I think that there is a way. And, and I think like part of it is my morning routine, right? It's like getting up in the morning, being uber consistent and pouring into myself before I go to school, right? It is praying, it is meditating, it is listening to good music, it's eating good food, it's feeling good about what I'm wearing. Um, it is feeling like it's the reason I never leave my classroom a mess at the end of the day. I literally, before I leave my room, I stand at the door and look at my room and say, think, do I want to walk into this tomorrow? And if I don't, then I take 10 minutes fix it a little bit so that I feel better. So I walk in, it's not, you don't want to walk in and be like, Oh, Oh man. Same reason I love my bed made. Uh, when I go to bed is like, you've returned to this thing that it's like, Oh, this is nice to come back into. Um, but things can wear you down. I think that it's having a pain plan in place. That's going to help you do that. So when the pain comes, when things happen, when you haven't start noticing those things before you get to your wits end, it is knowing who you can call, knowing what you can listen to, knowing what you could read. So like I have things in my life that I'll listen to, that I'll read, people that I spend time with, people that I don't spend time with. Do I want to lock my classroom door and turn off the lights during lunch and not eat with kids that day? There's things that I do to try and help me with that. But um, but yeah, there are days that I just it gets the best of me anyway. And and I got a deal. All right. Are you ready? To, are you want to keep going? Uh, let's do one more. All right. Last question is coming from Daniel. I'm currently waiting to be cleared to return to school UK after about a year off due to long COVID. Anxious mm. going back. Any tips on how to respond to students asking about my health? You know, I, I but let me say this. Your answer can be different than mine. That's fine. Don't take this as 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 gospel here. But uh, I find that sharing things with students to an extent is just fine, right? It allows students, when we share our pain with kids, right? So like, um, I remember I taught seniors and I didn't tell this to my freshmen, but uh, my wife was pregnant and she had a miscarriage. And I went back to school and the kids were like all still screwing around. And it was like a really, really difficult senior class. And they were like, yo, why were you out for like a week or whatever you were out for? And, and I said, my wife had some medical issues and I was out of school. And so I could see kids were like, well, is, is everything all right? Like it went from like, ah, to like, is everything all right? And I'm like, well, I'm going to be honest with you. Like we, we found out my wife was pregnant. Um, she had an ectopic pregnancy and I explained what that was and, and, and we lost the baby. And that shifted that whole class for the rest of the year. Not because I was trying to guilt them, but because I was willing to let them in on what was happening in my life. Now, look. Again, I didn't tell ninth graders that because I felt like it was a judgment call. And I felt like this was information that seniors could understand that they could process through. But that ninth grade, sometimes sharing too much, it goes the other way. And kids don't know how to handle the awkwardness. So they just change it into craziness. And then that's how they deal. But when I'm talking to seniors, it's sometimes just sharing that and saying, look, look I had COVID and this is the kind that I had. And this is what happened. And this is how I was trying to deal and that was that was that. That's your your call. 
<clears throat> I will say this though. My hope for you, Danielle, is that look for everyone as you're going into the school year. This is how I love to think about this. Uh, there is a student that was born in some year, sometime, born somewhere, moved, changed schools, whatever they were doing. Right, their life is going along, but they have slowly been working on getting to a trajectory point where they were going to interact. Your lives were going to cross at some point. Your paths both led you in all this kind of crazy jumbled way to meeting. And this year you're going to meet a student and you're going to know that that this is exactly the student that has been put in front of you for a reason. And look, if you're not as woo woo as me, you can just skip this part. But like it is looking at those kids that you have coming in this year. And instead of being nervous, know that there are other kids that are coming into your school that are nervous and that, but that being on the lookout, I almost make it like a scavenger hunt at the beginning of the year. I'm meeting all these kids and I can immediately identify a handful that I'm like, you are, you are, you're here so that we can work together this year. Like we have things to learn from one another. And I think that that's a good way to go into the year. All right, I'm going to give you one more question. Uh, Justine is asking, will you hold another workshop soon? I was unable to make the back to school one. So we are. So here, here's what we thought. There have been a ton of of people asking about this. And so we are going, can I talk to them about the names of them? I don't have a date yet. Uh, sure, well, that's all up right. to you. So I think what we're going to do is announce all the details next Sunday on the Sunday Night Teacher Talk. Um, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for, sometimes I wait for a response oh, from my yeah, wife because I fine. say things no, and, next I, Sunday and you I, gave I overextend a myself. Whole week? She's a good, you gave us a whole week? Wow, that's week. pretty impressive. I didn't get a reaction because I was, no, that was impressive to Usually me. it's like, I'm going to tell everyone by tonight. Uh, by next week. But I think what we're looking at is we're going to do three workshops and they are going to be on lesson planning, student engagement. And what was my other one I was doing on? I don't remember. Snap. I forget. Well, you'll be surprised next week when you find out about (laughs) it. But those are things that I could do a YouTube video on it, but it's a whole lot easier to do a 45 minute session and go through it and have like a heavy, deep and real conversation. Give any resources that I talk about as part of the package of what you're going to do. So this is something that we're going to announce next Sunday. So hopefully you can start signing up for it next Sunday. And then we're going to do them like over a three week period, once a week for three weeks. They'll be available for rewatch. So if you live in a particular time, I know the last time we did the back to school wasn't someone like it's 3.30 in the morning in the Netherlands or something (laughs) like that. I was like, what? So you'll be able to rewatch them. You'll get the resources for them and stuff like that. And if you take all three, there's going to be like a like a bundle. So you won't have to like pay as whatever it is for all three of them together. It'll be like a a more affordable thing. Because look, what we're trying to do is like, I, I just think professional development sucks and it's so useless most of the time. Um, and then maybe you'll see what we have coming up this year. It's going to blow your mind. But it is building this thing where we're just trying to meet teachers needs. I don't care if three people sign up for this, to be honest with you. It's I still want to do it because there are three people out there that need it. But if we can get a thousand people that need it, that's awesome. So what we're going to do is set this up. The last thing I want to say is, uh, look, y'all, when you're doing this, when even if you do the back to school boot camp, take that receipt to school. Tell your admin about it. There, ha- There is money for professional development that schools will pay for this. We don't want you to have to pay for it. We would rather, if there's already a budget line that schools have for this, have them do it and you just get the value of of attending. So that's what we'd love. Yeah, someone asked if there was any way that we could um, do PD hours for the workshops. Yes. And so um, you can submit those. 
uh, we, we just need to have a certificate for it. This is what oh, we need to do. Yeah. Let's just create yes, a certificate. I will have a certificate made. Yeah. So if you sign up for them, so we'll just add that into our to do list of things to do. Um, yeah. We'll have a certificate. We can talk to Britt about uh, made up certificate or something. for when you do it that will come through the email. Yeah. Can it look like a golden ticket from Willy Wonka's <gasps> Chocolate Factory? Yes. How many is there are principals that would be like, this is awesome. And there would be people like, what is this? Is this the Barnum and Bailey clown teacher school? Whatever. They yes. still have to take it. Yes, it would be. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Anything else? Oh, good old Tracy Pinter. She says, make sure you check with your school slash district LPDC. I don't even know what that is, but thank you, Tracy. Yes, it is important. <laughs> well, because some schools are, it's really difficult. Like we worked with schools before where we've done PD and it yeah. was like a no problem. They were like, yeah, we just take anything. Well, if we even looked into super, like... How can we give credit? But every state is different. We like, had a dream of, prof- of oh, it's if you crazy. were watching YouTube, it's professional development, right? Like you're doing professional. Well, that's development. what Sunday Night Teacher Talk is, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could get professional development, give yeah. PD credit? Got an hour. But it's a like week I have to go through here? each and every state to do that. All states, and then it's inside individual. some states, districts have different policies. It's real. It's not a. It's not a clean. That dream died right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no. But, um. So that's it, gang. All the winners for uh, the contest for the classroom thing. I'm gonna go do Congratulations! It right now. We're gonna tell you that you're a winner. My wife's gonna go on right now for all of you that were runner up. That is incredible. And then, um, like I said, Frank Joseph sending you 50 bucks uh, to uh, to take your your storage room and and add some <laughs> sprinkle some magic on that thing. We'll see you again next week, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And look, if you have a friend that you feel like could use this, do it. Like, let them know. And look. Real quick, if you hit that thumbs up button, it just helps this in the algorithm, helps more teachers know about it. It's a free resource for them. And that's what we're trying to do is just bless people and help them be the teacher they're called to be. We good? Yes. That's it, gang. See you next week. Peace. Peace.